0: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Anime on Goomba Stomp's dedicated anime podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pontier. Joining me this week is Harry Morris and Kyle Rogachione. You guys, it's, it's a wonderful day for a podcast. You know why? It's a, it's a great what? day for a podcast. Pray? Because it's a, it's a terrible day outside for me oh. right now. <laughs> and so <laughs> What better what better time to record a podcast and be, sta- be trapped inside than when it's terrible outside, not, not feeling like I'm missing anything
1: is it actually so, like- weirdly it's actually it's quite nice weather for me which is a rarity obviously being in england but so uh, yeah it's pretty good right now
2: <laughs>
0: other than that how are you guys doing today
1: yeah i'm all good uh i got a new tv yesterday oh. and uh this is an upgrade on i think my other one was like 15 years old oh my god so this is now like an upgrade <laughs> to 4k super fancy smart tv and it feels amazing oh wow well, so I, I can totally
0: relate this one to that actually yeah. has yeah, hdmi so- ports
1: well we so my other one did but it was I think it was like kind of like an early HD one Mm. like kind of like very sort of early when HD was first in, so it was fine but like jumping to this kind of quality now it's like oh shit like it is a big difference (laughs) Um, just like everything's smoother everything's like nicer the colors pop uh, and i've been watching various anime shows and it's been great watching it What better way to christen
0: the tv yeah yeah
1: that's it <laughs> yes. yeah i mean i watched like the new the new my hero academia today and it's just it's just so fucking smooth seeing <laughs> mm-hmm. it so uh yeah i'm enjoying my tv so i've been that all
0: good. it's it's funny because yeah when i when i joined the 4k age as well i i still have my old tv just because i had no way to get rid of it and i have no one to get give it to and so i look at it sometimes just like i played games on this i watched <laughs> shows yeah. on this it's so small yeah. now compared to what i have it's now. interesting
2: going I, back to like videos on youtube especially and being like wow i can't believe i used to watch stuff in 144p and that was just what we did
0: yeah and then it mm. it, it would take like 20 minutes to bump oh. for a five minute video or something oh. like that i remember mm. loading up like the three parts of naruto episodes yep. because that's oh what you did back God. then you watched anime in three parts <laughs> on youtube <laughs> and I, I would load them up when it was time to eat dinner with my family. And then I'd come up. It's like, I have a whole yep. episode of Naruto loaded up to watch.
1: What a <laughs> It is something I really miss about YouTube. Like that era of YouTube where it was completely before any advertisements, any high quality content. It was just budget, low grade, pre-HD user-made content. And anything could get uploaded to any quality. And <laughs> yep. that would be it. And that was what was successful. The age of actual viral videos. Um, yep. And yeah, I do miss it. I do really feel nostalgic for it.
0: What if they did like a legacy YouTube, like, like, wow, legacy? <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. Did, do you, do you miss those long
2: buffery times? Do you miss that 144 p quality only we the solution for you? I feel like people have done like nostalgia stuff for like 90s yeah. tech I, and 90s I think internet. it would do surprisingly uh, well. Yeah. I think that'd
1: be interesting for 2007 yeah, but, 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 internet. When mm-hmm. it wasn't likes and dislikes, it was five-star ratings.
2: Oh God. Yeah. That's right. Oh my yeah. God. I
1: completely oh, forgot yeah. they had that. Totally oh my that. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Yeah, Wait, well, every, every video you go on, you'd have to check to see it's not a screamer. Yeah, because it was a huge
2: thing <laughs> when uh, they introduced uh, the the likes and dislikes instead of the rating system. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> well, Kyle, have you been watching a lot of YouTube lately? How have you?
2: <laughs> uh, well, yes. I mean, I I am still with the Hollow Live <laughs> all, <laughs> all this time later, that is like. Yeah. Um, mostly what i use youtube for well in addition to history videos i'm learning a lot about history and how people kind of suck throughout history what's going harry can you tell me what's going on with europe for like the past 800 years
1: uh no i can't (laughs) i I do not know about history so do not england and france were Um... (laughs) fucking stupid oh yeah i mean that goes without saying yeah i I think it goes without saying that the the majority of people in the world are cunts to be perfectly blunt about it it's been like that that for hundreds of years (laughs) yeah it's
2: still still like
1: that it's still like that um yeah it's crazy don't get me on a rant
2: (laughs) i know i know know. know. that that, that was not an invitation yeah (laughs) but glad for the commentary Mm.
0: (laughs) all right well Humans don't learn, and that's why we continue to kill our babies. So it's time for our opening segment. Oh, Harry, Lord. it's time for you to right. choose one. So I got a little a little weird one for you. So it I doesn't like seem it. weird on the surface, but you you're choosing between Luffy or Deku for my hero. And here's here's the catch though. Their shows go on. They oh. just poof out their protagonists okay. from no, existence. Their I, shows yeah, go on. I,
1: I have the perfect answer for this. Okay. I've thought, so so. I would keep Luffy. Okay. And this, this, this is why. So, so I've been reading some of the latest My Hero Academia manga just a little bit, because I know, Kyle, a while ago you said that you feel that My Hero Academia is kind of stagnant. Yeah. With some of the developments in the manga now, it's not stagnant. They've made some big changes okay. and some some quite interesting stuff has happened, um, which is quite cool. I mean, I mean, you get to see where that goes. Um, but I thought for a while, like, How's this for an idea? What if this happened in the story? Deku gets into a ginormous fight with uh, the antagonist of Shigaraki and he dies. And he's killed off in the show. Um and as he dies, he he kind of said this is it. This is, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I'm dead and and I've died, but I get to live as a hero and save the world. So I get to kind of complete my character arc, com- complete my goal, but obviously I'm dead. So that sucks. Um and as he's dying, uh, he finally tells uh, Araka that he loves her, and she says, "But she loves him." <laughs> they share a kiss, and that kiss he transfers one to all, one for all to Araka. Oh, wow. They did not realize at the time, but it's transferred over, and she becomes the next protagonist of the show. She becomes the following protagonist. Harry. And I think this would be interesting because you know normally there's like a kind of a a bit of a trope where a particular character close to the protagonist dies, and that causes the protagonist to grow. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. what if it's an inverse? The protagonist dies, and the side characters grow. Harry. So then, like from Deku's death, all the other characters grow. Why from that.
2: would you describe something that sounds like honestly pretty great and something you know we would <laughs> never get?
0: <laughs> we never it's, get. It's, here's movie. the thing: it sounds really simultaneously really great and simultaneously something straight out of a fan fiction. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> But like yeah. how 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 would, how would this affect All Might, for example? Like what kind of guilt would he live with after this? For guilt of knowing I gave Midoriya this power and, it and he got to live yeah. out his dream of being a hero, but he died because of that. Yeah. I I does think that it would really
2: so honestly, it would bring in some really interesting philosophical and moral questions about like what is the worth of a hero, right? And like what is the worth mm. of an individual life? Yeah. So I think
1: Whereas, I, whereas yeah. like I don't I don't you couldn't kill off Luffy. Do you know what I mean? Like as great as One Piece characters are, Luffy is such a central character for it. Yeah, you couldn't kill him like,
2: off. Like with Hero Academia, especially, like it kind of stops yeah. being just about Deku. Like right after the overhaul arc.
0: Yeah, and even through that arc, it was like taking the taking the focus off him quite a lot yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. yep, I get it. I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure exactly how how that would play into One Piece well. But
1: Luffy still needs to be king of the Hokages. (laughs) Well, until he's completed his character arc, he can't really get killed off. Whereas with Deku, it feels like if he actually saved the world as an amazing hero going down in a blaze of glory he would be to some degree completing his character. Right? Yeah, because that's the only... So he was like, you, you could yeah, kind of kill him off. That's the only thing that really and, and then, qualified for his And how amazing or... How amazing would it be if, if, as this happened, it then opened the entire world and UA take a school trip to, I don't know, uh, Ireland. And they go to they go and see us. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what I mean? And you go, and suddenly they take it out of Japan. And they, they say, oh, we're going to do a residential in Germany. And we go to meet the German number one hero. Okay. And I don't know, like how crazy could that be if they completely like overhaul the series no pun intended, um, and transform it into something new. That's while what, still keeping what it's about.
0: That's what Burn the Witch was gonna be, and I'm so sad it's not a full series, damn it. <laughs> I'm so bad. I did I had no idea it was set in the bleach universe. And at first I was Wait, really mad when I found in that out.
2: The bleach universe?
0: It's literally the Western branch of the Soul Society. No
2: fucking way. that's what that is? Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. I, I was floored no when I found that way. out because I'm like, no, get it away from Bleach. But then I thought about, like, wait, no, this is actually a really cool
2: idea. Why is this just a one-shot? Expand it more, please. Oh, please, man. damn it. Interesting. So, yeah. okay. Well, I guess I need to like <laughs> mm-hmm. actually look into it now.
0: Well, you'll look into it and you'll be really excited and then you'll be disappointed. Ra- you so know
2: what? Bit. I'd rather be disappointed because I wanted more rather than being disappointed because it went on for too long.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I get. I get behind that. All right. Well, you get to decide right, when we're, something is afraid... now,
2: Kyle. So, <laughs> so you
0: you read you read the Steins Gate visual novel, oh, right? Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah, watch the anime? Yeah. yeah. yeah I okay. Love yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, you choosing between Steins Gate visual novel or Valhalla.
2: Steins Gate. That, that, that's a very easy one. Uh, Damn it! Okay. Unfortunately, I wasn't
0: sure how deep your love ran for Valhalla. I
2: I, I do <laughs> love Valhalla. That is a thing, but. <laughs> Oh, alright, well, now you got me fucking thinking about it. (laughs) Alright, so hey. Good. I think that Steinsgate, because of its melodrama, because of its stakes, because of just the nature of the plot and the character arcs that they go, there are, there are much higher highs and much deeper lows in Mm Steinsgate. Valhalla is a much more reserved, it's a much more personal and human story instead of human stories, but Steinsgate is I and I don't use this word very often. It is an epic story,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I think yeah. because of the weight and the breadth of it, yeah, I I'd keep Steinsgate. Okay, but I do that love I sense. do love Valhalla. Valhalla is just mm-hmm. a very it is a much smaller scope
1: kind of story.
0: Yeah, it's it's Not. getting harder and harder to come up with these I've, these battles for you guys. <laughs>
1: I, okay, so I've got one for you. I All right, one, okay. It's that a great one or terrible? So. <laughs> You have one option, which is anime ends. No new series will ever air again. There will be no more anime ever created, mm-hmm. ever. However, every series you've seen before, every series you've loved, you can rewatch it, you can remember it, you can enjoy it. The other option is new anime continues to get made and, and life goes on. However, every anime series you've ever consumed oh, is wiped wow. out of existence. That's... You forget You forget it all. It never existed.
0: Yeah. That's actually that's, a pretty that's tough a, That's a good hypothetical, yeah yeah (laughs) i think man it's what's what's rough for me is because i watch so much fucking anime Um, and i feel like the average anime watcher would choose the the farmer where like all no new anime gets made but there's still plenty of the old one because there's just such a large volume of it and like we always joke about our eternal backlogs. Now there's always something that we haven't watched that we still need to watch. Like there's still tons of classics. I, need. I still haven't seen uh, Samurai Champloo. I still haven't seen- I, I'm
1: watching that right yeah. now. It's great. Yeah, it's like, still, there's great. still
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's still so many classics I haven't seen, let alone like in the past decade and so forth. So like uh, going through all of those and not to mention just like re-watching anime, replaying games that you haven't touched on in a long time is, is underrated. Like Mm. it's, it feels so good to go back to a show that you loved or a game that you loved in the past and it still holds up or like, oh man, I forgot about this or, oh, I didn't notice this last time and things like that. It just, because especially for me, I'm always like new, 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 and both games and anime, I'm hardly ever replaying slash rewatching things anymore. Um, So the rare times I do, like when I recently rewatched Devil as a Part-Timer, it's just like, damn, like this is still just good. It still just makes me so happy. And the more I talk about this, I think I, I'm still leaning towards the former. I think I would, yeah, n- no more new anime, but I could always go back to what has been made so far. Because yeah. also with new anime, it's like, are, I don't know, I guess you would create new classics, but I just don't see us, you being able to create the kind of classics it, we it, have.
2: Right so now. honestly, but. I think it's really going to depend how old you are when this question gets asked. Because if you're mm-hmm. like forty and above, you're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really looking to watch new stuff. I've got maybe at most another thirty years on my life, and I don't mm-hmm. exactly want to wait for bangers to come out. Then and it's like you've already got everything that came out before then, right? But it's like you're, you know, in our age, you're in, if you're in your twenties, it's like that's several decades ahead of you of good stuff. And it's like, who could have predicted back in the seventies that we'd get the next forty to fifty years of anime? It's like there is mm-hmm. such a huge range mm-hmm. of that. So honestly, yeah, I think I would go for the new ones.
1: Yeah, but then you you have to think about the things that yeah have come in recent years, like *Made in Abyss*, *Demon Slayer*, um shows that have happened in like modern times where they've been fantastic, and we potentially be stopping more shows like that. And yep. yeah, yeah. what just, a difficult question. Probably, yeah,
0: I like that. It also gives me an idea for a new opening segment that I might so, put in effect so next good. episode. Thank you. Go
1: oh all right genius wins again
0: (laughs) this is why you were the original host of the podcast that's it yeah anyways (laughs) we do have news new anime to talk about in fact so this is a moot point we chose the latter option in the end anyways so (laughs) the new spring (laughs) anime season is upon us spring is in the air and so is anime and so i asked everyone to uh watch some unknown factor shows like yeah there's there's my hero academia season five that's a very much known factor (laughs) We know what we're getting into in that. We, so we'll, we'll talk about my hero later on as well, of course. But I wanna, oh, I wanna, yeah. I wanna give some attention to the shows that pe- people might not know about or might not be on their radar or just whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we're just gonna go through, take turns about what we've checked out this season, talk about all our feelings and so forth, and maybe give give some recommendations. So between Kyle and Harry, who wants to go first? Round one, fight.
1: Uh, shall I go first? Oh, uh, yeah. Spoke yeah. First, so you're going first. So you you did <laughs> Okay. So so yeah. So you, you said to us obviously before the podcast. I think it's about maybe a week or two ago. Just pick a random show. Somebody you don't know anything about. No recommendations and watch it. Uh, so I looked on Funimation and I like bookmarked. I think three that I wanted to check out. Mm-hmm. I only watched one because um after I finished the first episode of this show. Jumping to other things felt a bit odd, a bit jarring. Right, <laughs> I watched, yeah. uh, I've 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 seen the, the first two episodes of Super Cub. Um, oh wow, I, I had that. the
0: oh, yeah, damn, yeah, I had that on, the list. You, yeah, nice. had that on yeah. mine too. I am I am shook that that's on Harry. Damn, you you really but did surprise me. Okay, I, watched, I
1: wanted to do something totally different. So, yeah. so there's like, biking I watched the first episode. Show?
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so I wanted That's to choose to
1: totally out of my comfort zone. But that was the nice. idea. Um, so there was, there was another show on Funimation which I think hadn't had great reviews but uh, I it's some sort of intergalactic Olympics thing. I can't remember what it what it's called mm. but uh, I started watching episode one of that and I just thought after Super Cup this just, no, I just can't watch a show <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but no, going to Super Cup, so, so episode one, it's really interesting because I mean, I don't really watch slice of life sort of stuff. Right. It's not totally my cup of tea um, but I thought it was really charming and really sweet. I really nice. enjoyed it, actually. Um, episode one, it's interesting because, like, it's one of those things where nothing really happens, yet everything that happens is important. If that makes That's sense.
2: the genre. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. So episode one it is about the protagonist and she... she's very goes sad. Garbage. She, she learns <laughs> to, like, uh, to ride bikes. She gets her driving license and she gets her Super Cub and she just kind of drives along with it. Um, and the, the kind of the ending point of the episode, which I thought was great is in the middle of the night, she drives it to a nearby shop and, uh, it runs out of petrol and she's panicked trying to get it to work again. Um, and I won't say any more, don't That's want to great. spoil anything, I love but, it. uh, it's, it's a very kind of, it's a very just sort of sweet situation where you think, oh, I'm feeling the secondhand anxiety here. And it, it, there's something very relatable to it. Yep. Yep. Um, episode two is about how she's making a friend at school. Um, and honestly, yeah, so I watched episode two earlier today. I watched it on the <laughs> podcast. And uh, yeah, there's just something very sweet and charming about it. I, I think, you'd like anything for me, it will be a case of can it hold my investment going on with the Ooh. series or will it start to drag? Obviously, will it continue to be a compelling slice of life slash drama sort of thing? But Will there be actual narrative, actual growth beyond this? I don't know. So obviously, I hope there is because I hope then it will keep me entertained. But two episodes in, I think it's a really sweet show. Uh, I think it's got lots of charm and heart. The animation's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, especially episode one. Just, I just thought episode one was really like trimmed down, just really simple and effective, just a very simple story that felt totally relatable and totally engrossing. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: I think what what makes Super Cub so... En- I'll, I'll say engrossing, yeah, is it really sells that feel of when you get some sort of new toy... That you can play whether that is a new console, a new computer, a new car, or a new scooter of some sort. And you're just in love with it. And you want you wanna have any excuse whatsoever to use that toy. And like like you said, when she's decided, like, I can just I'm just gonna to go to the convenience store because I just wanna ride my bike. And then same in the second episode too, she's like, you know what, like, I've never taken a side trip after school and there's nothing stopping me from doing that Ooh. now. Why don't I just do it? And just mm. that kind of feeling of liberation. It's like, wow, like I, there's the possibilities have opened up before me now. And there's all these things I couldn't do before that I can do now. And that's exciting, especially to her uh, point of just like, this is the same town I grew up in, but there are still sites I haven't seen. Like I kind of mm. had that feeling myself last Saturday when we had really nice weather, the opposite of today. And I went for a bike ride into a, a neighboring town that I'd never been to before. I'm like, damn, this this place got some nice scenery. I had no idea that this was here. And so I really liked that. I also just really love the use of color and sound yes, in the show, yeah. how the first episode, there was all of like maybe 45 seconds of background music. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this really somber piano. Um, it was just like really letting you, letting the scenery breathe and the character breathe and just like getting you in, I don't remember her names, name's mindset. And just how... The whole scenery is kind of like this this desaturated color scheme, and at first I thought that was just the style to kind of like conv- convey this like coldness of the yeah, weather. Yeah, and then when she puts then, it like, key
1: like, in the bike, and it yeah, and like, then so, it,
0: everything lights yeah. up. It's like, oh, that's I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, it's there's this there's this Taiwanese director that I learned about in a in a film class back in college. Taiei Nan, I think his name is. I don't remember. But he 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 was really well known for these like avant-garde films, and one of his famous quotes is that like he hates background music. Like he doesn't use background music in any of his films because he thinks background music is manip- manipulative. And when I was watching his movies, I thought I was like, I want some background music, please. <laughs> like these, I don't, but I, I'm I'm uncomfortable.
1: I, I, I understand I, what yeah. he says in a way. I, I can see from both perspectives. Yeah. So like, um, there are certain things that perhaps wouldn't make you feel emotional but with the addition of background music, they do. But outside of that, it's just like, oh, that's that's a a nice drama scene. But when you have the sad music, it's like, oh my God, I can't stop crying. Um, I I mean, to to reference like Demon Slayer episode 19, for example, that scene's fantastic, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as good if it didn't have the music. It's the use of music that really pushes that scene beyond. Um, And then you could argue it's manipulative, but at the same time, it's great. And that's the other side of it. It's like it is. Sometimes
2: it's okay it to have work. your emotions manipulated, especially when it's fiction. Like it, it's fun to mm. have like those senses heightened.
0: Right. the The point I was getting at though is like I I see his point in something like Super Cup though, and the total lack of Ooh. music and just letting you experience it as it is because that you, it wants you to put your yourself in this girl's life where she's really sad and depressed about this. she doesn't have any family, she doesn't have any friends, she has no hobbies. Oh she's like, the, the world is very bleak to her. And so that should be reflected in how, it's, how we perceive it. And music can affect that per- perception. And so I really appreciate. And then the few times they do use music is again, like when the world literally lights up for her and suddenly there's life to it. I just really, really appreciate all that. It's not something, this is not a traditional like slice of life or cute girls doing cute girl show i think it's got it's got a lot of emotion to it that i wasn't expecting
1: Mm. yeah definitely i i enjoyed it and like i said um considering this isn't normally my genre of choice uh yeah i i find it really pleasant and really fun i think it also just helps it like Mm -hmm. japan certainly comparatively to a lot of the uk it is a very beautiful country in in a lot of areas Mm -hmm. and um for me it's like like i i only got my driving license i think about a year and a half two years ago so so like it's still quite recent um but I didn't get any of that excitement partly because yeah. I don't like driving but also it's just not quite as exciting driving throughout this kind of mediocre shitty part of the UK <laughs> in a kind of beat-up car it just doesn't have the same magic none of that magic or, mm. or charm is there whereas like you can watch this show and it's like oh I get it there is a magic and charm to be in this kind of like countryside in Japan yeah. being a teenager with like a scooter there's something much more charming and much more endearing about that and you can kind of see the the relatability and the sort of groundedness of that freedom whereas in in our world it's like maybe ugly parts (laughs) of our countries in kind of like crappy cars it's like oh it just doesn't feel the same
2: well yeah Uh, the thing with japan too is like everything is a lot more concentrated and honestly harry if from what i've heard of what you enjoyed with super cup and just hearing the show described like that is a lot of the same appeal and setup of your camp
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I so do you need. So have, you it haven't out. watched it yourself yet, Kyle?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, haven't. I that haven't. It is on my list. I, I did see it. And I was like, oh, I already like yeah. it.
0: Yep, it, it's one of those shows where I, I booted up just from the promo art as I was scrolling through Funimation, and I'm like, oh wow, this is yeah. this is great. Yeah. Uh, similar. I'll, I'll go. I'll go next. Now is like that's that's something that I just love about new seasons. It's just like sitting down with my lunch or dinner. Throwing on the Crunchyroll of Funimation app and just scrolling through. It's like, yeah, I have my shows I'm looking forward to, but what else is happening? And I'll just like choose something that literally, judging a book by its cover. So like throw it on, eat, watch it while I'm eating lunch. And uh, sometimes you're blown away by it. And that's my experience with an anime called Shadow's House so far. There's mm. one episode of it out so far. Uh, I think the second one's coming out as we speak, actually. I-, I shouldn't say I was blown away by it, but I was very... My interest was piqued with the capital P. Um, <laughs> so the Shadows House is about the titular Shadows family. And when they're called the Shadows family, it means like they are literally shadows. And the fact that like they are they are humanoid in shape, but literally they are all black. There's like you can see the shape of them, but there are no features whatsoever. Oh, there's no eyes. There's no mouth, but you can see them moving. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's like they've just been cut. It's like the cutout of existence. Yeah, yeah, sort of. And okay. so therefore, like, you can't see their facial expressions or anything. But like, if you look at the profile, you can see like their mouths moving and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a shadow in that regard. Um, but each of these members of the Shadows family, they have a living doll with them, basically. And this living doll is created in their face if they had a face, sort of. And this living doll is kind of their outward uh, social huh. face. You should say it's like when they go out for social gatherings. Like this is like they bring their doll around with them. It's like this is how I would look like if you can't see me, uh, which is a very interesting premise mm. uh the first episode because this is such a bizarre world setup mm. it's kind of like when i brought home my cat and you have to lock her in a single room because it's so much stimulation and so much new she has to kind of like get accustomed to one thing first so this this first episode it takes place in basically the single room with this one shadow of one of her dolls like it's this freshly made doll i just woke up um mm. and the doll acts like a human too and so in the end like it's kind of like a cute girls doing things Joe, because the the shadow is a girl and so the doll the doll is a girl as well reflecting her and the doll is this very like energetic, uh, optimistic personality but the shadow herself is kind of like this this shy, demure, uh, antisocial girl and so their personalities kind of clash together but together they make this re- really uh, fun dynamic of just them living together and seeing, discovering things about themselves. Like, there's a lot of mirror comparisons Mm -hmm. about looking into yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something, like, the the shadows, they're kind of, like, made of soot, and so when they get emotionally unstable or disturbed, they will literally, like, literally spout out soot from their heads. Like, imagine, imagine, like, one, uh, an anime when people get, like, embarrassed and have, like, the steam pop out of their head Mm -hmm. as, like, a figurative... Thing like except that literally happens for the shadows mm-hmm. like they, they okay. literally will spat out soot all over the place and part of the doll's job is like clean up the living space of all the soot um it's just like there's a lot of mysteries and intrigue about this world and i i just really see a lot of potential behind it mm-hmm. and on top of just like it's just really the main character emily emmy emmy rilico i think it's it's kind of a weird name Um, is just a fun main character as well. I can't wait to see outside this room what the world is like. Um, The opening is hinted towards a lot of other characters with uh, living dolls and shadows as well, just interplay behind them. And I was just... Yeah, like I said, my interest was super piqued um, from the first episode right away. It's just a very, very unique world. Interestingly,
1: this was one of the three shows I actually put down on my watch list. Um, But I I didn't didn't get a chance to check it out, like I said, because, uh, yeah, I read the description and it's like, I just couldn't really put my finger on what it actually was as a show. Um, So yeah, that sounds really interesting though. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the second episode. I was hoping that it would come out before we recorded but unfortunately it was not it's a
2: very stark looking aesthetic um very detailed and very like not morose but very somber looking
0: yeah yeah not the character designs themselves are very like moe blob yeah but it's like set against a very like austere backdrop yeah austere like victorian era settings yeah it's 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 a it's a gloomy feeling show but with a hint of optimism
2: okay okay
0: all right kyle what do you got for us yeah
2: so on my end in a bit mm-hmm. of a similar vein uh with shadow's house right so so based off of what mm-hmm. you said right where it, it locks you in a room first and it, it's because it's such a weird concept or a new one it's mm-hmm. easing you into it right you're right um so by that nature and with like a lot of other series uh with a similar kind of premise like uh, Promise neverland or made in abyss it has a lot of stuff moving on in the background that it is like very gradually easing you into. Uh, That was my experience with To Your Eternity which, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that was, so it wasn't the first show from this spring I'd watched I watched Nagatoro, which I've been waiting for for a while because I fucking (laughs) love Nagatoro Uh, but this was the one, literally just one where I was like, okay it's a boy and a dog and it looks, uh, I see the word survival in the description I'm like, okay it looks like uh, there's an alien that's a shapeshifter um so i watched it and i <laughs> i said this in the discord chat but this really this is one of the shows that reminds me why i used to watch seasonal stuff uh mm-hmm. cuz yeah it, like from the first episode like it, it it got me um yeah not just with the plot but with the animation as well like it mm-hmm. it is and I'll dig into like what the show is about, but just it's it's so striking with how deliberate it is with its visuals and how it frames Absolutely. things and like what it chooses to focus on. Because so the premise of the show is that there is some unidentified being. It could be a god. It could be an alien. It's just some quote unquote objective observer who sends a an entity to earth and this entity it's a shapeless nameless thing that just comes there and then when it gets there it just takes the form of a rock and it's a rock for like uh, an undisclosed very long period of time then suddenly there's like a bit of moss that comes into contact with the rock and then it just becomes the moss and then it stays like that for another few hundred years just soaking in everything around it then at some point in the middle of the snowstorm, a massive, like, wolf dog, uh, with an injury dies near it <clears throat> and dies touching the moss. And, uh, with that contact, uh, the entity suddenly takes the shape and form of the dog, um, uh, coming out of it. And th- the narrator, as this is happening, it's describing mm-hmm. all of the sensory. Uh, input Mm. that is happening with this uh, rock moss dog now, right? So it's like... um, (laughs) It's like, uh, as it becomes a dog, it's like, it it had to learn to walk. It's like getting all of these new sensations, like the feeling of hunger, the feeling of pain, the feeling of the bitter cold, and all of that. And Mm. you can see it, like, heal up the wound instantly, so it's totally fine. And it's just very disoriented, but it's just walking. Um, And then... As it goes through the snowstorm, it eventually reaches back home, uh, to a very excited uh, young boy who you know, we can very naturally assume that it's its master. Um, so the <clears throat> its master is super happy to see it, and it notices how it's like kind of iffy, and it's like hmm, you're being quieter than usual, uh, John. And the name of the dog is John. Um, so. What I love about this kind of storytelling, and it's what I love about From Software Storytelling, where they give you details, and then you just piece together what happened. So, they're, like, we can piece together that this kid has been waiting in this fishing village um around a bunch of old dilapidated buildings and they're the only one left. In an
0: Arctic setting, by in the way, like yeah, in, in an Arctic
2: setting. Yeah, in an Arctic Nordic setting where like all of the houses are made out of like long ships. Uh they're all like crumbling apart, uh dilapidated, and we learn from the boy that uh two months ago uh was when his dog went missing. So he'd just been surviving. And in even longer time before that, the rest of the village uh left to go, you know, find like what he calls paradise, right? Just somewhere better to live that isn't shitty, icy death trap. So this boy stayed behind with all the old people, including his grandma. And in the time since, he has become the only person left. And yeah, you just learn a lot of little details, like how he's been picking the wood from his grandma's house. And it's like, oh, I hope grandma doesn't mind, uh right? And it's like they're they're all dead, and he keeps talking to the dog. Um, just because he's very clearly gone, like, stir-crazy. Um, so he's gotten in this idea that he's going to follow the rest of the village that left off, right? And he embarks, he he gets his supplies, he's got, got a whole bunch of stuff, and during this entire time, you know, the dog is learning, the dog is watching. Like, this is where I'm talking about with, I'm so impressed with how the studio frames everything because it's focusing in on like ears twitching like the dog's eyes like seeing the, the boy mm-hmm. cooking and you can see like sniffing and like um, most
0: detailed dog animation oh I've my seen. god
2: it, it, so like what was really funny was like I think it's when when the dog comes back home for the first time and like he, he gives it like a, a bit of food right or no no he's in front of the fire and a, a little cinder just pops out from the fire and hits the dog on the nose. and you can see his entire body just shiver and it looks exactly like the way they animate shivers in Ghibli movies where mm-hmm. it like it's like a little static shock of electricity that runs from the bottom to the top of the body and it's just so fun. And so detailed, but yeah, it's like it hones in on so many different senses because it's trying to convey how this alien life form who had like no, it was a rock for like hundreds of years, no consciousness. And suddenly it has sentience. It's a dog now. It's like, it's experiencing all of these senses and it's conveying like what it's like to do that and have those senses for the first time. And to To the audience, right? So, as the boy's prepping, um, as he's you know getting all his, his supplies together, um, you know he's, he's talking to the dog, and the, the boy is like a very optimistic, very cheerful um, person, uh, and you can see, like, because of the way that the the show is shot, right? It's very clear that like the dog is learning, the dog is understanding. Um, there's even a point where. Like I'm pretty sure. Like I was watching with a buddy. We were like, "Did, did the dog just speak?"
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: and we're like, "Yeah," because he like just gave like a one word response. But it probably got lost. You know, yeah. Um, so all of that happens, right? The dog is learning, and the boy preps to move. Um, so the time comes where they eventually like, take up a sled and bring a whole bunch of supplies over, and they're, like, following these waystones with arrows that point out, it's like, oh, this is where people went, um, you know, all right, awesome, we're going in the right direction. They keep doing that for, like, a few days, a few nights, a very cold weather. Um, the boy, like, falls into a frozen river and, like, injures his leg. He's like, "Don't worry, we'll we'll meet up with everybody soon. We'll be happy and in paradise." Well, eventually they run into a stone that has an arrow, but it's crossed out. And like, just a few yards away, you can see piles of wagons and like <laughs> deer antlers sticking out of the snow. And it's like, "Oh, yeah, everybody fucking died." Uh, and that's when you know, like, hope starts to break down for the boy. And he's like, "I'm so sorry, uh, John. His dog. Uh, we we gotta go back. I, I can't. I can't do this." So he goes back, and it's a very mm-hmm. slow, somber death that he goes through from the shock. And not a spoiler because it's the first episode. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a very slow death. Uh, but during that entire time, like he just keeps talking about like what he had hoped for, like what he wanted to do and how he just wanted to see everyone again. And as that's happening again, like the dog is just watching. The dog is listening. The dog is taking it all in. And as the boy dies, like finally like passes away, um, the dog transforms into the boy. And it's very clear that when the entity changes, they adopt like the senses the memories the feelings maybe not one to one but it's like he it's a very intimate understanding of like everything that comprised the boy like the optimism the hope and the the desire and to move forward and journey out and that is where the episode ends and it is fantastic it is I, if it maintains the same level of quality this will probably be my anime of the year oh, like holy yeah. shit that sounds like a ride it in is just incri- like one episode it is, episode. Yeah. It is fucking my, my friend described
0: it in my discord server like to your turn you could end after the first episode and it would already be anime of the season like yeah
2: yeah oh oh yeah like yeah. holy <laughs> shit it was so it, it is i am surprised yeah. it was that good which is why i'm like very yeah. emphatic about it, it yeah is so but you good. see
1: what was terrifying not to be like a downer on this but like What if then, beyond this, it's just really boring? And what if that first episode is amazing? I'll be disappointed. I
2: I will be very (laughs) disappointed, Harry. And it will remind
1: me why I stopped watching Seasonal hair. It's it's like, can it maintain that momentum all the way through the series?
2: But you know what? Like, after seeing it, I I am excited to see if slash how it does. Mm.
0: Yeah. So that To Your Attorney was something that was on my list before the season started, just because I don't remember what caught my attention on it. But like, as I was going through the chart, I'm like, okay, Mark, that one, that one, that one. And, like, literally, like, two minutes before I started watching it, I was on Twitter, and I read a tweet from uh, this prominent translator that's translated a bunch of the anime I watched. And she's like, I decided to watch To Your Attorney with the Bay because we were really excited about it. 24 minutes later, we're crying. This is a mistake. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I watched, like, oh, no. She was right. This is really sad. It's, um, Yeah. It,
2: it's really sad, but it's really optimistic yeah. and hopeful. And the then I, I
0: read more about the manga, um, where it's from, and then it made more sense. It's like, oh, oh okay. it's by the author of A Silent Voice. I see you now. <laughs> oh, I see Lord. now. Okay. Uh so yeah, I
2: That makes yeah, a I, lot of I sense. I echo
0: everything Kyle says. Mm. Just like it's it's a very sad story, which is a, a tinge of optimism to it as well. And I feel like the moral of the story as well is just going to be like the strength of just, like, human dreams, sort of, um, whether yep. they, they pan yep. out or not, like, what they can accomplish and what um, they
2: mean and things and so forth. It, it looks like, and I was talking to a friend about this as we were watching, it, it, I think based off of the preview for the next episode where he, like, as this new human just goes to visit, like, a village somewhere in the mountains, um, I'm betting was hoping that it's going to be something like mushishi or kino's journey where it's an episodic kind of just journey around right. and it's an exploration of a yeah, human that's, experience that's
0: what the feeling i got too because yeah when i was just looking at it on the seasonal chart, I'm like oh it's going to be about a boy and a dog going out to survive and help
2: no no neither yeah. of them survive
0: <laughs> so yeah i was i was extremely impressed by that episode as well for sure
2: it's mm-hmm. it's really cool highly yeah. recommend it i'm going to check it out yeah. sounds good
0: all right, I'll I'll go ahead again now. And so this 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 show we've been we've, it's been a lot of positivity, and I'll still be positive about this show. But this show is definitely walking a tightrope here, where it can very easily fall off into the deep end. And that show is VV floor fluorite Eye song. Have you have you heard of this or seen this while you were looking around?
2: What what, is, what were those <laughs> words? Have
0: uh, you VV so V I V Y? You can and then fluorite like the mineral fluorite. Uh.
2: Uh, Vivi yeah. Fluoride eyes, yeah,
0: fluorite eyes. Song, Light and so like to get this, right, or yeah, to get this uh, story. Like it's it's an Android story. It's an Android story. So V the, Vivi okay. is an Android herself, and the moment I hear Android story, the moment I know it's an Android story, it's really hard for me to kind of not sigh or roll my eyes because Android stories have been done a lot, and it's really hard to innovate them. However. Yeah. Android stories can still have the potential to surprise and shock and tell really important stories and morals as well. Like I think of uh time of Eve as one of those recent ones, or uh, there's a visual novel called Lucy's Lucy's oh, eternity yeah. that I adored as well. And so like when, when Android stories hit, they hit, they hit. And so <laughs> like, I don't, I, it's my initial knee jerk reaction is to always write Android stories off, even though I know they've deeply affected me before. And so Vivi, The basic premise of Vivi is that uh, society has started to adopt androids. And a hundred years later, there's some sort of incident where the androids have gained too much sentience and gone full on Terminator and like start exterminating the human race, basically. Mm. Um, And so by means undisclosed, basically, some scientist sends an AI back in time, a hundred years, essentially, to uh, contact Vivi. And this AI is like, this is what's going to happen in a hundred years. Here are the key events leading up to, it. we need to stop this. And the reason I'm contacting you, Vivi, is because you're the only Android living, uh, the only Android still existing a hundred years later, because you are the first um, self, what's, what's the term? Basically self, self-servicing, so... self-sentient Android. And so a hundred years later, Ooh. even after she was put out of commission, like she was still maintained in a museum. As like, look, this is the first like self um, self-conscious thing. And so the first two episodes, I was really shaky on this. And this is, by the way, this is done by Studio Wit of Attack on Titan Fame, Great Pretender, and so on. So like you're, you're guaranteed to have some good animation. Soundtracks done by Hiro Sawano, so fantastic music as well. And so the first the first two episodes is focusing on this first singularity point as they call it. Singularity points being like these key points in this 100-year timeline that leads up to the c- catastrophe of Terminator. <laughs> um and so basically they have to rescue this politician from being being assassinated essentially. And um mm. the 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 whole theme of this this first singularity point is like do androids deserve human rights essentially or like are they considered human like this the standard android story you would expect kind of like this politician was a very big advocate of the android name program which would be the first step to um giving them sentient or human rights essentially and giving them human rights is kind of like the first step that led them to revolting essentially and so uh mm. there are means i won't get into right now by it's kind of reversed by saving this politician. That's an advocate for it. They prevent this law from being passed. Is it is how it works. Um, and so they go into all that and the action sequences are okay. And Vivi is neat. And she goes, she has a whole like inner monologue of like, what is a human heart? What is it like to feel? Um, and I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. again!" Like rolling the eye sockets already. (laughs) And, and then the, the first singularity point ends and I'm like, okay, that was neat. I guess it was fine. It was nothing offensive. Um, but the way the way it ends at the very end is like the Vivi herself, or I guess her, her real name is Diva, I should say. And Vivi is a nickname given to her by a young girl that came to her concerts because Diva was made to be a performer, performer for this kind of like amusement park. and But no one comes to her performances because she's kind of bad to start off, uh, funnily enough. Oh my God. But except for this little girl. And so this little girl gave her this nickname Vivi. And so at the end of this singularity point, um, Diva notices, like, in the files that this AI showed her that there was a plane crash as well that killed all the attendants uh, on board. And like on that on that plane is that little girl. And so she tries to save her, and the AI is like, no, like you cannot interfere with anything but the singularity points. And so Diva literally watches like the little girl that actually meant a lot to her just die in front of her eyes, essentially.
1: Oh my and God. so that
0: was like a, oh, okay, ok. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wasn't expecting that kind of moment because the the first episode, especially really played up this little girl to, like, be important. Um, and then the third episode, and especially the fourth episode that I just watched before we started recording, the, and this is the second singularity point that take place on a, a spaceship, space station, basically. Uh, this is where I really saw the, potential, the full potential of the story demonstrate itself. This is where I'm like, okay, I can see how this could work. I can see how this would be really, really strong, how it could tell a strong narrative and moral as well. However... We are still walking a very narrow tightrope here um, because what I didn't realize in my head is like 100 years is a long time. Humans don't live that long, typically. And so um, this the second singularity point is 15 or 16 some odd years after the first one. Like between the second and third episode, a lot of time passes. Meanwhile, Vivi herself stays the same because she's an android, but time passes around her. And so she's kind of like this immortal being and so it was that first point when we realized like wait a minute the world has changed in a way um and we are an observer to how this world is changing and in the second arc as well vivi encounters the little sister of that girl that died in the plane crash except she's not so little anymore because she's she's grown up it's been 15 20 years and that like is really hard to wrap your head around but then you get it and then The the sister says, like, how much Vivi meant to her sister um, and so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. Uh, along with this other singularity point that I won't get into that they're trying to prevent. And so I really like that timeline aspect. And along with that, they're finally kind of they're 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 letting they're letting off the accelerator and the the generic android tropes, I feel like, in these recent episodes. And they really put the pedal to the metal in the meanwhile on action sequences. Like, holy shit, the the fight sequence in uh, this recent episode was phenomenal. Like over time, I kind of like big flamb- ba- bombastic shonen fights have done less and less for me. And I've gotten to really appreciate more like down to earth, well choreographed fight sequences that you can see happening in real life. Um, and that's what Studio Wit demonstrated here. Like mm-hmm. um, Vivi gets basically some combat program um, program installed in her so she can actually fight back a little bit. And just the choreography, like the whole range of motion. Like Shonen really tends to focus, I feel like, on upper body movements. Whereas like this one, like literally, like it was like watching uh, an ultimate fighting competition uh, fight. It's not UFA competition. There we go.
2: Like full yeah. full body, like yeah, leg just work. like the
0: way the pan- camera panned about and um, the footwork demonstrated was just jaw droppingly well animated, and it it all ended with a very a fairly poignant part about just uh, what it means to be happy and what it means to kind of to your sam for your to your eternity to hold dreams, and they're not spending too much time on vv. I feel so far the show is accomplishing whatever Violet Evergarden didn't for me. And that they are they are <laughs> demonstrating Vivi's learning and growth um, passively off screen effectively, whereas Violet Evergarden I feel like tried to do that but didn't quite get there for well, me. Well,
2: because from the sounds of it, Vivi has more agency and she's not just yeah, a yeah exactly
0: yeah she has her own thoughts. Like when she, when this AI first approaches, she's like, "Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> You're, I want nothing oh, to do God. with you." And even on the second singularity point where the AI comes back, it's like, "No, get get out of my life! I don't want you." And so like she's still like very taciturn and um doesn't like wear her heart on a sleeve if once she learns what a heart is, at least. But yeah, I she yeah, like you said, she feels like she has much more agency in she, her action. She goes against the AI's wishes a lot as well, um, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I I am cautiously optimistic to see where this one goes, and I get more and more hopeful for it with each passing episode. It's interesting because okay. there's four episodes of it out right now because uh, the first three episodes came out on an accelerated schedule, like within the first week of airing, it did like episode one on Monday, episode two on oh, Wednesday, okay. episode three on Friday, and now it's on a weekly schedule.
2: Well, if it passed the three episode test, that's usually yeah. a good sign because it's typically around the third or fourth episode where you can tell where a series yeah, exactly. is going.
1: I've started different series before where like first couple of episodes would be like, wow, this is so fucking cool. And then it just it's like episode three or episode four and it's like, okay, that was a bit boring. I mean, it just remains boring for the whole series yeah yeah, yeah. it's been the other way around yeah. for
0: Vivi where it's just like gotten better and better and better like like again yeah. I, I i have Thanks. to emphasize Thanks. can very easily easily jump the shark because android stories and sci-fi stories can do that but so far i feel like they are very very carefully selecting what to focus on when to focus on and how to tell it mm-hmm. uh, i yeah, i yeah. when i was searching for news topics for this episode i came across an interesting thing where this story and this is an original story by original anime Um, this, this anime has been in the works since 2016 (laughs) is when the original concept came out. And the reason it took so long is because the director for it, let me pull up the name, but, uh, the co-directors for it, uh, Nagatsuki and Eiji Umehara, uh, they (laughs) didn't, so you, you want to make it, you want to make your own, own anime, right? You want to make an original story. The first step would be creating a script, right? Something like that. These guys are like, nah, fuck that. We're going to write a novel that's not going to be published. We're just going to write a novel, and we're going to base our script oh. off of that. So they started writing this <laughs> novel fuck? in 2017 that wasn't finished until 2018 was almost over. And then they used that novel, which hasn't been released anywhere, mind you, to start then start creating the script for the story. And now it's just now that they're that's, finally releasing it.
2: That seems like a lot of extra yeah, work.
0: Yeah, um, quote, unquote, where'd it go? Uh, okay. Basically, the quote—the like, no, want the to was, it like, it was like, "It was a lot. Oh yeah, it was a tremendous amount. It was a tremendous amount of effort in time. It's like,
1: yeah, you, you don't say." <laughs> so I. But you see, that's re- that's really exciting because it tells you that the directors really, really, really want this to succeed. Yeah. Like they care about it so deeply, so you know that there's a very good yeah, chance it's going to be yeah. solid. Like you can tell when like something's just been put together quickly and it's, it's not have much love behind it. And this sounds like the
0: opposite. Right. Yeah. So Mm. I, I really want to succeed as well, especially after reading that. So I am, I, I can't wait to see where it's going. I think it's, it's the one, it's the show of the season so far that I look forward to new episodes of the most of, because I'm just like all really curious, Mm. like how, what are they going to tell next? And so they just wrapped up the second singularity point, which means the next episode we're going to be at another point in history Uh, who knows how much further another jump it could be a year it could be 50 years who knows Mm -hmm. it just can't be more than 80 or something because again it's a 100 year timeline um and the Mm. ai makes it well known it's like we need to fix all these singularity points otherwise like if we miss any of them then the terminator future will happen it's
2: fucked up yeah yeah yeah. Mm. okay all right sick
0: i think we can move on unless uh kyle is there any other show oh that's right you said Nagatara was the only well one.
2: Yeah. there there weren't uh no i actually right. watched a few others um but they are a little is, trashier so i'll, I'll i give won't give spend it, that much uh, time give time it, cause I, yeah, give, give it a spark note. yeah i'll give a speed review because I, yeah. I the the only one i felt this strongly about was mm-hmm. Two Year eternity um We've talked about zombie land Saga before, so I yeah. won't brush over that too quickly. But it's nice to see mm-hmm. the girls again. I do. Re- season 2 looks like they're taking it in a very interesting direction, especially because they added a ticking yeah. time bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ticking time bomb that, like, needs to get, like, resolved uh, at some point soon. So it's like, there's a lot more motivation. And it- it's nice because, like... You already like the characters now, so now you give them problems to deal with, and they have a problem, uh, which I, I don't. I've only seen the first episode, so I'll see how that problem develops. But based off of how season one ended, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. It's really nice to have the mm-hmm. the girls back. Uh, so yeah, Zombieland Saga is great. Watch season one if you haven't. I fucking love Nagatoro. It's a little trashy, but I'm <laughs> really surprised with how much. This is a really well adapted yeah. show uh especially considering the fact that it is a fan service manga. Mm-hmm. Um well the thing about Nagatoro is that it started off as a series of very very fan service BDSM kind of right. one shots from a porn from a very prolific mm-hmm. porn artist. Uh and then once the series actually got serialized the first few chapters were still a lot of that <laughs> but over time it's become a very genuinely well-written character uh yeah that study that's what and i've heard And really nice. like the
0: reason i'm hesitant to check it out is like people were saying the same thing about uzaki chan and i tried watching the anime for uzaki chan and it was just absolute hot garbage i'm like uh fight me, trick me twice, shame say, on you, you, trick me twice yeah. but yeah i think i've heard a lot more positive things about U- U-
2: uzaki right. yeah Uzaki, from what I, I've only like read a bit of it, I've only seen a bit of it. But Uzaki, from what I can tell, is the same kind of trashy that like right. is. Um, I, I had a better, no, no, uh, Magical Senpai is the same kind of trashy it is. Yeah, so I, so that's a little more like forward focused on the uh, being a fan service right. show, right? But I, I, I feel like Nagatoro is tasteful with it um and does a good job of like contextualizing it so it's not just random right.
0: yeah I, I will check it out so, eventually.
2: it's still it still is a fan service show so i have to add mm-hmm. that caveat um but if you like that kind of stuff it's a fun watch and knowing where the manga goes it is very mm-hmm. rewarding uh, so there's that uh and for my two very trashy shows i watched let me see the full fucking title for this stupid isekai yeah, uh, I've been killing <laughs> slimes for three hundred years and maxed out my level. Um, it's it's fun. Uh, what really got me and what really I think like is keeping me is that there is a very genuinely nice positive message of work, but know when yeah. to relax, which I think is a really sure. nice message, especially for Japan. Uh, so there's that. It's very basic. Uh, isekai die, get reincarnated as a seventeen year old blonde girl and. I'm immortal, so I'm just going to keep killing slimes. Yeah. It's stupid. It's so <laughs> yeah. fucking stupid. It's really stupid. Uh, but yeah, it's it's cute. It's cute. And I haven't watched an Isekai in a while, so I'm not bored of it yet. The other, probably the trashiest show I've seen so far, is uh, Higihiro. Okay. After being rejected, I shaved and <laughs> took in a high school runaway. <laughs> I am too, because it's, it's a fan service show, but a lot more blatant with appealing to horny teenage boys than Nagatoro. I see. Like there are, I, I can see this exact same story, and you remove the fan service, and it's better off for That's it. That's always
0: unfortunate when there's a story like that. It's like
2: yeah, so it's like the, the fan yeah. service is literally here. Yeah, you, for you I can, can stand on your own in Nagatoro. It makes a little
1: yeah something. Something I do yeah, hate like, is. I do hate that a lot of anime still feels like it's very much targeted at heterosexual teenage boys and it is, is. it's irritating. So, so yeah. I'm working at a school currently and uh, interestingly, I, I found that like anime is like most popular with the female students, like with, with teenage girls. And I think that's interesting, but it's like, uh-huh. obviously I'm talking about, like My Hero Academia, for example, like, that are more kind of um, inclusive, but yeah, like, it's irritating that anime is still so heavily targeted to teenage boys when clearly it, clearly yeah. there's there's so much more to the demographic than just teenage boys.
2: So the thing is, is like there are like shows that are like fan service and like marketed more towards girls, right? It's just the over and I think part of it too is like Japan being the kind of just society it is, like it tends to change very slowly and like when manga and anime were first really kicking off like that was the primary demographic right and it's like th- there's efforts to change that but yeah the overwhelming majority is still going to be you know, the heterosexual male teenage boy fan service mm. or at least keeping that in right. mind is it is it yeah? just it's just about like, so,
1: reluctance yeah. to change is it, would you say it's almost similar to like with video games being targeted really prominently at men rather than women and now we're finally at a point where fortunately gaming is becoming more of a kind of a universal medium that everyone's enjoying. Yeah, yeah. i, so, I, I I'd say many like, years it was just like these are boy games and these are girl games and the girl games are really kind of if like subversively you go, sexist.
2: If you go back 10 to 15 years, video games were overwhelmingly marketed for and by mm. men. And if you look at it now, it is a much different environment. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I would agree maybe on like a bit of a tighter comparison uh or at least like it's a little more strict with japan but yeah, yeah and i think for kind
0: of japan also like the, the risks involved with producing an anime is much greater for the smaller studios especially uh, oh yeah so yeah yeah, sometime, yeah yeah you need
2: to make sure yeah, that you so make they, money it's say, the, so, yeah. yeah
0: you it's a lot more understandable for them to go for the safe option that they, especially because in the end they are target, especially the smaller studios they are targeting the japanese demographic and they're trying to sell those blu-rays and so
2: i, I, I want yep it is a reliable
0: i want to say defense. as well like
1: on that topic just quickly I'm, I'm playing it safe who finished watching skate
0: oh i did yeah i don't think kyle started yeah
1: that.
2: i have mm. not i still i still so, need to watch so it.
1: It. i absolutely loved it i thought it was amazing but the one <laughs> gripe i have is the fact that there was so oh
3: yeah
1: it, it was so blatant i'm not just saying this from like a fan a fan service kind of like oh my god they should totally be in love it's not about like like honestly it would have made absolute sense of a narrative if, if these two it's like it's like uh
0: Vic, victor and yuri didn't get together and yuri on ice
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's exactly what it's like it's like all of the chemistry is so blatantly there and all of the opportunities for it to happen is so blatantly there and it doesn't happen and it, but even, no they're
2: just good friends even, but
1: that's it even in the last episode there's a moment when like uh recce and langa in the car together and like says by the way langa after your big race can i can i ask a favor of you and then it pans out of the car and it's like is he asking him on a date? And then you find out right at the end of the show what it is, and it's like, okay, now how about that race you asked me for? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, for right <sighs> at the end of it, they're gonna race. And again, like at the end of Langer's race before, at the end of the series, um, he kind of falls into Recky's arms and they they embrace and they hug and like they kind of stare into each other's eyes, and it's like, kiss, kiss now. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. And it's just like, oh my god. So the entire series is almost just queer baiting, which is so irritating because it's like these could be some fantastic LGBT characters that are really fun and really positive and really, really likable. And it just completely ignores that opportunity. And all it had to do is just quickly have it so they maybe like kiss or hold hands in the last episode. Just something that can confirm yes, they have feelings for each other and they're happy and it's more than a friendship. It doesn't need to go beyond that. <laughs> yeah, so
2: you just keep keeping keeping all of those biases in mind that anime and just Japan as a culture has um, just with their media, right? It's been interesting to watch trashier shows and pick up on how they're doing the appeal – on how they're making the appeal, right? So with um, fucking Higahiro, stupid-ass fucking premise where <sighs> – I, I Jesus, Like, how do I even <laughs> fucking talk about this? Cause it's, okay. Salaryman got rejected. He's very l- lonely and whatever. He's going back home and then he sees a high school girl just sitting under a lamppost. He's like, what the hell's up with this? And she's like, hey, uh, if you take me back home with you, I'll let you sleep with me. And like, okay. So he does that. And then he's like, no, I'm a, Good boy, I'm not gonna do that. And she's like constantly like badgering him about it. And I, there's just, it's, it's, it's wish fulfillment because you're imagining yourself in that scenario, right? God. And it's because the, the protagonist himself is such a schmuck. He, he, his primary character trait is that
1: I don't even know. He's just, he's just a blank slate. Just, just, for, for the, I just hate this yeah. this side of anime. It's just fucking like wish fulfillment for lonely virgin dickheads. Just like, okay,
2: so <laughs> that is where I have to concede. Um, I, I fully acknowledge that is what it is. I still the. <sighs> There is a primordial part of my brain that finds that appealing. And I know that that is just dest- – I am never going to recommend this out loud. I'm never going to – Unless
1: it's on a podcast like, <laughs> that's going out on I, No, to I'm this. not
2: even I'm – I'm, I'm saying don't fucking watch this yeah, piece of shit yeah. show. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch it because there's a part of my brain that's a piece of shit <laughs> and really enjoys it. But I fully acknowledge how destructive yeah. it is, how misogynistic it is, how backwards it is. But I'm still going to watch it.
0: Shitsumon ga yeah. arimasu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we are moving into our main topic of this of this week. So uh, we've been we've been going through memory lane of the decade of 2010 of each episode. We are now on the year of 2014. So any of you know any shows off the top of your head that came out in
2: 2014? Oh, Lord. Uh... I'm just going to look it up. No, I, I no, that's cheating.
1: Not. Oh, right, all right. I, I, no, I don't. I know, I know shows, but I couldn't be like, oh, yes, this one came out in 2014. Like, <laughs> I don't know
0: that. <laughs> all right, well, we'll start off with this one because I think you guys hold it. Even though it's not the first series, if I recall, this is still an a poor one. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, yes. spring 2014. Oh, yeah. And so even wow. though this isn't the first JoJo series, I think this is the first one that has stands in it. Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, and stands are pretty much synonymous with JoJo, and so I felt yeah. like this was this was worth bringing up. So, Harry, tell me.
1: Yes. As, as, <laughs> so, the first two series of JoJo, um, they're they're okay, but I personally found them just quite lackluster. Like they're lacking the identity, they're lacking what they really want to be. They're just sort of slightly surreal battle shonens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's fun moments to them, but but it doesn't really. Uh, like the second series, Battle Tendency, is pretty good, but it just doesn't ever really do anything amazing. It isn't until you get to Stardust Crusaders where it gets fantastic because that's when Stands come into it and it becomes this sort of like uh, across the world journey. And with the addition of Stands, you can kind of create the most bizarre, true to name, bizarre fights <laughs> and bizarre confrontations. So like there's, there's, I think there's two episodes in the show, which is um, Jotaro and his friends, like the protagonist, sit down with um, somebody who has a stand ability that allows him to, play poker with people and if you lose you like wage your soul and he can like kind of capture your soul and he, he imprisons you in a poker chip i seem to remember <laughs> or into like this medallion or something so he's imprisoning people in his like poker box of some sort um and to beat him joe has to go and like do this outrageous bet to beat him and to do the most almighty outrageous bluff ever um and you find out this this character's antagonist is um like paid off everyone in the bar they're playing in So, like, he's got all of the odds in his favour, but Jotaro does this crazy, like, um, bet to get it all going in his favour. You could only create this bizarre situation with the addition of stands because it is essentially the addition of superpowers. So in every episode, they're encountering some sort of antagonist which has a brand new superpower, and it's all about how is that going to work with our heroes' superpowers. And that has continued beyond that throughout the Jojo franchise, where um, it's about your, your main your main beautiful boys, the main uh, Mm -hmm. characters, all coming up with, like, antagonists with bizarre stands. And, um, yeah, I I mean, like, in in the latest series, I think I always mention this, but, like, my favourite episode is um, in the latest anime series. It's where, like, they're on a train and you've got a stand user who can use a fishing rod to hook out your organs from your body and another stand user that ages everybody on the train. So all the protagonists are turning into old men and... Bucciarati, who can open zips on things, and he can turn things into zips, It's having to fight against them. And it's the most weird mashup of powers on a moving train, and it's just so fucking entertaining. But that all started in Stardust Crusaders. That's where it all kicked off. Um, so yeah, big fan, as you can tell. Yeah,
0: so so you would agree that Stardust Crusaders is where the series really, really hit its stride and made a made hard for itself. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would even say to anyone starting JoJo, um, it's useful to watch the first two series, but honestly, you could just jump in at Stardust Crusaders. See, um, I'm, all
2: right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna speak <laughs> up on that. Be- Be- well, What's up,
1: Kyle?
2: I am the exact opposite. Stardust oh. Crusaders lost me. I enjoyed the first two stories or arcs far more.
1: Oh, I, I know. That, uh, Mike Werby felt the same as well. So maybe I'm, mean, maybe I'm like an unpopular
2: not not a not a fan of stands. Not a fan of what they. And I, I get it. That that's what the series is now. I. Just don't like Jojo once stands come in. Anyway, all I'm going to say is don't knock the first two seasons of Jojo. Um, yeah, if you if you like the first two and you hope for more of that, you're going to get disappointed. But <laughs> I still think that they are worth watching in their own right.
1: If you're like me and you found the first two had good moments but they were overall a little bit boring and you wanted more of the bizarre, as the name says then keep watching (laughs) fair. you will get more of that. That that is very fair. Because it gets super weird. You get into Diamond is Unbreakable and Diamond is Unbreakable is really weird because it almost becomes like a sort of slice of life fusion with stands. So so they're all based in this little town and it's not so much like a big kind of ongoing narrative. It's like little episodic things. Um, But you'll have episodes where, I think there's one episode where it's a a manga artist called Rohan who um, has the power to like read people like a manga with his stand and he has a house person, like a house renovator come over, I seem to remember. And this guy says, please don't look at my back. I'm just really afraid. If anyone sees my back, like I'm really scared. And he's kind of like walking around right next to the wall and like refusing to let anyone see his back. And Rohan's thinking, what's going on? This is really weird. He's like, I need to see this guy's back. So he jumps behind him at one point and there's a stand attached to him. And he finds out that this guy has a stand It means if you see his back, he dies. Oh and then God. it goes to the next person. So this stand kind of like rips his back open. The guy dies and it then attaches to Rohan. And then he's like, right, I- I'm now on your back as well. So like if someone sees your back, you'll die. So Rohan has to like kind of walk around town without letting anyone see his back and oh. get to like- Like his kind of bare back
0: or just like his backside Just his all? back, just, <laughs> his,
1: just his back, the back of his body. So it's like having to like, and the episode's like him trying to get through town without anyone seeing his back to try and get to a particular alleyway that like connects to the underworld where he can get rid of this stand. Um, it's totally surreal. It's totally bizarre. And it's so much fun. Uh, again, it's great for like all the stands are named after bands and artists. Right. So, so like, I was, was going like, to ask, was there any,
0: any of that element in the first two seasons of those like rock band references? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little yeah. bits,
2: little like, bits. Speedwagon, like REO Speedwagon. Yeah. There's a bit like Dio is a,
1: it, it, yeah, it Dio's like the, the major antagonist of Stardust okay. Crusaders, but also the first series. Um, but I, I think there's a character in Battle Tendency called S-E-D-C, like, yes. yeah, spelled, yeah, yeah. like S-E-D-C, yeah. but obviously that's A-C-D-C. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, but, but obviously that just comes into it much more with stands because obviously there's much more of them um, and, and more opportunities for that stuff. So um, I personally love Stardust Crusaders and, and everything onwards, but uh, I understand it's not for everyone. I obviously am a bit more inclined to the kind of like shonen trash kind of stuff. So like I'm more tolerant of that. Whereas I know Kyle, you're not so much into that. So you might have like...
2: You know what, Harry? Uh, like objectively speaking, it is probably more productive that you're into shonen trash than me who's into fan service trash.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll make just, a Twitter poll. Like who reigns supreme between Kyle and oh, was say
1: oh you Harry. know, oh, really, really quickly, whilst we're talking about shonens, uh Matt, did you ever finish Jujutsu Kaisen?
0: I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, what are your final thoughts final review of the series
0: yeah the final final review is I really really liked it there was a lot of really cool fights um, not not a whole lot happened though <laughs> uh, wait, waiting for yeah. waiting for the payoffs so yeah that's, w-
1: will you will you definitely watch season two? Oh yeah I
0: will for sure and the movie too yeah. when it comes out
1: I mean that's what matters most Ben like it's at least hooked you enough to stick with the franchise yeah. uh, I do think some of the animation is just fucking incredible in that show mm-hmm. like, like some of the way it's all animated it's really cool um, and yeah, we were going to talk about My Hero Academia season five as well, but I don't know if we'll have time. oh
0: uh, Yeah, not because we're yeah. later not, at, no, at a later time.
1: We'll delay. It. We'll delay it. Back to 2014.
0: Yes. So next, I didn't realize this show was so recent. And in, in my head, it feels like it was 84 years ago because of just like the narrative around it behind, basically. But No Game No Life came out spring oh lord 2014. That was, that was 2014. I felt it feels like it was a lot longer ago because we've had to give up hope. On ever having a second season, uh, right. yeah.
2: So no, that was actually one of the shows that I picked back up as I like got back into anime.
0: Yeah, and so, it's it's oh. a great show to pick up to get back into the anime. It is, it is. Is, a-
2: is it good? Cause I,
1: it's been on my watch
2: list for a long time, but I've never. Have you is, ever is it watched stuff like Kakigurui or
1: Kaiji? Yes, or I've just- seen Kakigurui. Okay, I don't know if you pronounce it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, if you've seen Kakuguri, it's a lot of the same kind of mind games and game theory with a decent amount of fan service thrown in.
0: With like okay, a light esque protagonist from Death Note, it's kind of like yeah, like, yeah kind of yeah. like if you took Light and put him into a comedic setting. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah that's yeah. interesting yeah.
1: i'll, I'll yeah. check it out yeah so it sounds like my. Company. i think
2: especially like going off of the conversation of jojo weirdness right like no game no Life's. but so i really like no game no life's brand of weirdness and it's very specifically anime weirdness that is in the same vein as jojo i would argue that no game no life does a better job of establishing a baseline of rules that it can build off of
0: because there's literally 10 rules that everyone abides by. Oh, are
2: there rules? Yeah. Are there rules? Yeah, okay, when, when yeah. they
0: say Ashite or whatever, it's like that's the assenting to the ten rules that made. But basically the premise behind No Game No Life is that there's a god that rules over this land. It's an isekai. So a pair of siblings get isekai to this land where, where games rule all. Like all conflicts are solved through games. Um, there's no violence whatsoever. And there. I don't remember what the rules are, but there's ten rules that all the games must abide by and so on and so forth. And basically... In this world, humans are at like the bottom of the pecking order of everything. Like, they just, yeah. like, their territory and everything's been picked clean. And so these protagonists get isekai to the human world and they basically are like, okay. And they're super gamers because, of course, they are. And uh, they basically work to bring the human race back up from zero to one, 100 um, by challenging all the other races to these insane games. Like, the one that I remember specifically is when uh, the protagonist Shiro and What's the main... Ca- Sora. Sora and Shiro are their names. So they challenge this angel race, basically. The the Ex Machina, they're called. Um, and they they do a game of word Chain, which word Chain is the game where, like, I say apple, so then Harry has to think of a word that starts with E, like electricity, then Kyle has to think of a word that starts with Y, and so on and so oh, forth. Oh, sure, Shiro's Yeah, yeah. And so then the first person who either can't think of a word or, like, repeats a word loses. Uh, but the interesting thing for this one was that, like, every time they said a word if it existed in the room it would like cease to exist uh, right, and then right, right, right. and then yeah, if yeah. it doesn't exist it would begin to exist instead and the additional rule is like if the other party becomes incapacitated and unable to act then the other party wins as well and it just keeps getting like at one point they spot a literal nuke <laughs> and they <laughs> they block it and the way they win i remember is that they get taken into space and then um Sora says oxygen and so they take away oxygen and then um and because this is all in uh, Japanese like the words are a little bit different. then the angel says air mm. but because uh, she thought oh no no. Okay. Anyways, yeah, it's just crazy stuff like that. I don't remember exactly how the war play went, but it was like really, <laughs> really mind-bending. It, it, it's, 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 it's a lot fun of fun. If you
1: don't remember, it just means we need to go and watch
0: yeah, it. And so, it. Yeah, and
1: so you've you've left it at a cliff.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Well, there's the thing. The show ends on a huge cliffhanger, and everyone's like, "Oh, cool, we're oh. going to get a second season," and then the lawyers. <laughs> well, oh,
1: we got a we got a we movie. We got a movie. We, we get it's, did it's get a prequel cool movie. movie. Why didn't a a second season happen? So
0: there were a lot of allegations of plagiarism on the uh, Mm. the original author's part, the original light novel author's part that may or may not be true. Like it was never proven one way or another, but it got enough traction to the point where like anime studios don't want to touch that IP with a 30 foot pole. Oh, what
2: the fuck? Because
0: it's just real, real sticky situation. Uh, which is unfortunate. Mm. We got the movie because it was very clearly divided away from the original series because it was a Well,
2: they just need to take that to court and come up with a decision.
0: Yeah, and so that's a bummer. I remember when I went to Japan to study abroad, and this is before the light novels got translated. I saw the light novels and Akihabara, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy where the light novel left off, and maybe I can get through it. Me, dumb college student, not realizing that light novels don't have furagana in them... (laughs) like that kyle is very acutely well, aware of now
2: <laughs> especially with the nature of no game no life i can imagine it gets into really 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 stupid oh kanji. yeah
0: like literally like the first two pages i spent an hour on and like this ain't oh, happening Lord. <laughs> this ain't happening yeah. and granted i wasn't as God. good at kanji back then as i am now but still it's like cool but yeah the, the light novels are translated now and so you can go out and buy them and continue it in that format but yeah it's it's super unfortunate because they're yeah it's well, who very, is the studio
2: because i remember it being madhouse. really well animated
0: madhouse yeah that's right that yeah it was a
2: madhouse it. show yep. yep 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 that's why yep mm-hmm.
0: all righty another show that has has some legs in it both literally and figuratively kyle i'm oh, not kyle, kyle harry you've recently gone on this bandwagon Hiq. oh, oh
1: volleyball, yes. volleyball
0: anime started it's about
1: start in 2014. Yeah, it
0: started spring 2014 still going strong now like we just Good had that Lord. new season what two or three seasons ago
1: um, I, th- I think again it's, it's nice that like the manga's finished and from what I can gather obviously it's, it's like acclaimed right through to the yeah, end. I think like, people just I really always, like it yeah. yeah, I always love when there's a series that's long but it's just consistently great from start right. to finish I always feel that's really fantastic and it shows that an author is just incredible if they can do that if they can make something that lasts for, for quite a few years and it's just wonderful from start to finish that's, that's incredible yeah. to do that
2: so I actually watched the first season of Haikyuu um I it, it is good. Um, I think sports shonen is just not my thing, so because I didn't feel motivated to continue it afterwards. But my, my, yeah, like, my
1: yeah. only thing I, with High I, I think it's a really pleasant show. It's it's fun, and I do like it a lot. I think my only thing is is that sometimes it feels like the stakes can be a little bit repetitive, and they're not all that high. So it, because it all comes down to like the volleyball tournament and what that means mm-hmm. to the team, that's understandable. But at times, I kind of wish there was a little bit more drama and tension between the actual characters themselves. I wish there were perhaps more narratives explored with the characters as like a piece what of they're drama. bringing
2: into the game.
1: Uh, yeah, potentially. Yeah, how could that affect the game? So, so like yeah. maybe like one of them is getting bullied, for example. I don't know that could be like a, a thing. And how would that affect their playing the game? Sometimes it always just feels like they kind of get on, everything's nice, easy, breezy. We might have a few doubts, a few issues here and there, but nothing major. And then the tournament comes up. And I sometimes feel like there could be a little bit more happening here narratively uh-huh. outside of the game that could make this a little bit more interesting, a little bit more unique. Um, and yeah, so, so that's my only real gripe right. with Haiku. I always feel like I could do a little bit more now. So it's it's fun. but I yeah, do like
0: It's it. funny you say that um, because I think this is also emphasized in our opinions of Skate because I, also, I really like Skate, but I have the opposite opinion in a way where... Like, I I really appreciate Haiku and the fact that it doesn't really get bogged down in the drama too much there. And I feel like it Mm. really, it it explores the characters well enough on the court. Something I really like is how the entire of the third season is literally one volleyball match. And just, like, really stick you in that tension of just, like, that back and forth. Just, like, it's anybody's game. Uh, When it comes to Skate, again, I really, really liked Skate. But I do think they spent too much time on the drama in the third half of Recky doubting himself and it, yeah, it, it it was understandable, yeah. but it lingered for too long, like four episodes.
1: They they, was could, a little they long. could have lost an yeah yeah they could have lost an episode from yeah that. so I do think it just went on one episode too long, um. But again, Skate's a show where I, I feel like I could have done another like twelve episodes of it. Mm-hmm. I I'd have been fine if it was a longer season. Um, yeah, yep. like I'd have been happy with more of it. I felt like they they put a lot into about twelve episodes and it's great, but. I'd be cool if he wants to do a bit more right. and wanted to like explore more drama, but at a more steady pace mm-hmm. rather than kind of like cramming it all together and having a big chunk of the season be about recce's doubts. Yeah.
0: I think what skate and Q do really well is like exploring those doubts and uh, like character weaknesses through the sport of their choice. Because like when Longa and, are, and Adam, are having their final race. Like, they have their whole moment there. And same with Haikyuu. is like, they do a lot of introspection of, like, why, why aren't I performing? Why do I have these doubts? Like, why am I comparing myself to so on yeah. and so forth on the court? Um, and so it, it marries the two really effectively. And I think that's what really yeah. sets Haikyuu and Skate apart from the rest. On top of just, like, the top, top-notch animation of both of them as well. I think that helps, too. Yeah.
1: I do really get where you're coming from with Haikyuu. And I do like that. I think, for me, it's only because... It can get a little bit slow-paced at times. Mm-hmm. That's that's also what I'm getting. That like kind of like again, I love season three, but it's so focused and it's just about one game. Right. Um, it's more so as it goes on with high it does start to feel like you've seen it all before.
0: Yeah, I can get behind. And that.
1: that's what that's where I feel like maybe they could just add in a few more elements, drama wise, just to add some variation. That's it's not that it's like not great and simple at its core because I love that that great simplicity. But it needs a little bit more sometimes, just to keep it chugging along. I think, and to keep my investment personally, mm-hmm. and that's where I'd welcome a little bit more drama if, if they if they did it. I can get behind um, that. But yeah, I get where you're coming from as well.
0: Alrighty, next on the list, and I don't think either of you watched the show, but I, I put it on here because it's it's an important map of show, and that is Rage of Bahamut. Have oh, Rage it? of Bahamut, yeah. Have you? It's great. I've not seen watched it. it. it
2: it's okay. surprisingly really fucking good, and I'm. just, yeah. dis- Well, I'm. <laughs> I, I think I actually watched it because of you, Matt. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I remember actually I was talking about this on like an, a very old podcast episode, uh, but I did end up watching it and I was surprised how it's just a very solid fantasy adventure story. Exactly. Yeah, so. It's like really, really surprisingly good. Yeah,
0: so Rage of Bahama is based off a gotcha phone game, <laughs> a really, really bad gotcha phone game mind you like Mm -hmm. one of the earliest iterations of gotcha phone games when literally it was like i pit this card against this card and if its stats are higher you win or he wins there's like nil gameplay um but yeah it was one of the it was the one of the early progenitors of gotcha gameplay and it had no story also was the thing and so what i found out it was getting an anime or i didn't even find out it was getting anime i i just found out it had an anime at the time i totally wrote it off and I remember walking into my friend's dorm um, back in college and they were watching something on TV and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's Rage of Bahama. I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, no, you're lying. He's like, no, this is actually Rage of Like, no, this looks too good to be based on that. <laughs> I was in utter disbelief. And yeah, to Kyle's point, it is an extremely well done high fantasy story from beginning to end. Just a short. That, that's, thing. that's
2: what I think what really surprised me is it's not just Japanese Western fantasy, which is like Sword Art Online, Konosuba, like, here's a guild, adventurous stuff. It's, like, very classically, like, high, like, Renaissance Europe, which is, like, an aesthetic that I haven't really seen done a huge amount before, but it's it's really cool. It's Oh my! Like, and, the the attention to detail is just fascinating.
0: and at the same time you got the two Protags, though one has an afro and oh the other one has God. a pompadour and it a works. pompadour
2: <laughs> and it they're works. they're both great. what so what sold me um, and Harry if you haven't seen it I think what might sell you is that there is a high speed car chase but the cars are horses. Oh, <laughs> that like, like, that, that's interesting. Like that—that's the only way I can describe it because it's so high energy, and Mappa's animation like really shines here because you're, they're skidding along like fucking bridges as they leap onto rooftops and chase each other, oh, yeah. and it's, it's fucking phenomenal.
0: Yeah, so this—I feel—I feel like this is the show that really put Mappa. I, I should okay, no, I'll retract that because *Uran Ice* is the show that put like Mappa in the like main mindset of the populace but i think rage of bahamut is the one that got people to think wait a minute like where'd this studio come from <laughs> what what, what if... <laughs> so what they've done before rage of bahamut was kids on the slope which i talked about before which is great but at, like to your guys's point you, could, you didn't even know about until i talked about it. it didn't really make a splash um they did terror and resonance as well which was something uh it was fine again didn't make a big make a splash but then rage of bahamut there were a lot of people. I, I think everyone who watched it, knowing its backstory, like were had the same reaction as Kyle and I. Was like, wait, why is this so good? And people who did, even people who didn't know the backstory, were just like, where did this come from? What is this based off? Of? It was based off a phone mm-hmm. game. What? Um, it's just surprises all around. And so then I think this is the show that really. I think it put Mappa on a lot of people's list of studios to look out for, and has carried on through today with Uran Ice, um, Zombie Land Saga, Kakeguriri, uh what they what they do recently too. Uh, yeah, they, and now they've done Attack the most recent Attack on Titan season as well, Jujutsu Kaisen. So it's it, it. I would argue it all kind of Rage of Bahamut was their their breakout hit essentially
1: that mm, that allowed yeah. them to
0: do that. I've I,
1: a Mappa a fucking good studio. They've done some great stuff. Yeah, for sure. Really?
0: I've I've also I've often maybe it's a little harsh, but I've I've said in the past how Mappa is the new trigger, but <laughs> I, I said that when Zombieland Saga premiered. But yeah, it's it's great. All right. Um, there are a lot of shows that... Ca- it's it's funny because when I was pulling together this list, I was going... I go through alphabetically. I go on the Wikipedia page, look at the shows, like, okay, this, 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 this. And I, I was th- through like M, like, wow, there wasn't a whole lot that came out this year. And then I got to the second half, I'm like, oh, wait, I take it all back. <laughs> Here's all the good <laughs> stuff like JoJo and No Game, No Life and Rachel Bahamut. Um, and there are a whole lot of other really important ones that we're not going to go into as well. I think those are the ones I really wanted to hit, but... And some other ones that are worth uh, pointing out: Tokyo Ghoul, started summer oh, twenty fourteen. Okay. That that happened. Uh, that that series sure did happen.
1: <laughs> um, it's just but, strange going back to this era because I just remember like being a teenager or like like in my twenty fourteen. I was being like late teens, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I, I can't be asked to do maths, but um, but yeah, it's like it's a weird time in my life where like I was very much getting really into anime late teens and like. Yeah, it's strange going back to that thing. Oh, shit, 2014. Yep. That, that's a weird time. Yeah,
0: It's it's weird for me, too, because I associate some of these shows on this list with my time in Japan, because they were airing while I was studying abroad in Japan, like uh, Parasite, which aired in fall as well. And like, oh, damn, that's right. Mm. That, yeah, I have very specific memories of like walking around and seeing like statues of like the Parasite monsters in, uh, in Shibuya and so forth. Uh, but yeah, Parasite was another one. I liked it. Uh, Ping Pong the Animation with Spring 2014. Oh, Masaka Yuasa nice. Special. Uh, I didn't get around to watching that until a few years later, but damn, that is uh, <laughs> that is prime Yuasa right there. Uh, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. The, the oh, Kaguya-sama no, before Kaguya-sama. <laughs> uh, Kyle, have you seen
2: that? Uh, I'm actually watching it right now. Yeah, oh, wow. it's very cute. Yep. Also, really, really good OP. I fucking love the OP. Yep. Uh,
0: Shirobako fall 2014 so this is the pa work show that was an anime about how to make anime and i'm not talking about the azokin one where it's like the artistic side of it i mean like the real nitty-gritty how does the studio function yeah the production of it like what are the roles like what what does a producer do how do frames get done how does it go from on the drawing board to the um uh the voice actors and so forth yeah exactly and so it's a very interesting uh, case study on animation. And there are plenty of uh, industry experts that have come forward and says, like, this is a strikingly accurate show. Uh, there's a Hideyako Ano cameo in it as well, oh, which was really fun. And I think there's a movie out on it too. But yeah, it's if you're ever curious about, like, how anime gets made today, then watch Jirabaka. If you're curious about the creative process of anime, then watch Eizouken. Uh Eld Noah Zero, mm-hmm. Summer of 2014. So that was... That was an interesting oh, one. It's a mech uh,
2: show,
0: isn't it? What mech show? Isn't that? It was. it was a mech show, kind of. Yeah, it was written by Gin Urubuchi, wonderfully nicknamed Uru Butcher, who was known for Cyan Uta, Fate Zero, like uh, Madoka Magica, just all those really grim, dark stories. So, like, whenever he's on something, it's always turning heads. Uh, soundtrack by Hiroki Sawano as well. Again, it it garnered a lot of attention in the first season due to its dual protagonist nature like a dual protagonist on opposite sides of a conflict which was decently well done and then the second season happened and i had never watched the second season because i was in japan and i can only watch so much but then apparently it uh it went some not great places but yeah Ooh. i think it, it made a splash of its own that year and then finally we also had uh, a got kill the anime adaptation in summer 2014. i really
1: like i can kill yeah.
0: i haven't watched the anime but i've read so. the manga yeah.
1: Okay. What What's interesting with the anime is that, like, actually, it gets to a certain point, like towards the end, maybe like the last quarter, and it overtakes the manga, right. and it does its own story. There's, there's obviously filler because it's not canon, yeah. um, but people still generally really like it because it's still actually like really solid, mm-hmm. um, and it it doesn't like fuck up the series. It doesn't deviate too heavily. I think from what I know, actually, like the anime is actually a bit more sad. There's more deaths and more uh, sad moments in the anime than in the manga so the manga's a little bit more hopeful so um, yeah the anime actually had an
0: ending to it too before the manga ended which was
1: yeah it's really weird but but um but yeah i I think there's a a particular storyline that is cut out where people are disappointed that's cut out but um outside of that people like the anime from what i can gather because it is still a satisfying ending at the end of it Mm -hmm. it ends well it's a satisfying story and it doesn't like go off the rails at any point so i think that's quite yeah it's it's definitely it's one of the rare cases It, it deviates but it's still works.
0: exactly it's an accomplishment for sure because all too often that doesn't work um and mm. to your point like we were talking about this on slack before how uh with attack on titan final season like fans are simultaneously relieved and aggravated that the final season was not in fact the final season um <laughs> and that we will they will get the conclusion for I'm, that
1: I, later i'm really happy for people I, i'm not like a I'm I'm very I've got lots and lots and lots of mixed feelings about Attack on Titan. I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. fan, but um I'm really happy for because I know so many people do fucking adore yeah. it and that they love it so much and they really want it to end well. I'm so happy for them that they will get a proper anime ending that will be canon, that will be what the manga author intended. Yeah. Um so yeah, okay, the final season is not the final season, fine. It doesn't matter because at least there's gonna be a proper ending that's canon and that doesn't ruin the series. Exactly.
0: Yep. Or they could have just pulled off a comic i kill and done it well anyways. It's fine. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Easier said than done. Way easier said than done. Yeah, totally. So yeah, Yeah. that's 2014 in a nutshell. We'll be getting into 2015 next episode, which I have not looked at yet. Not sure what came out. That is the year I graduated college and I entered the real world. (laughs) All righty. That will be a wrap for this episode, though. My cat is trying to get my attention now. (laughs) So, (laughs) So with that said closing remarks harry where can we find you and what do you want to shout out in this great wild Uh, real world we live in
1: so i'm i'm chorusing music on twitter uh check out my ep i'll promote that again uh kyle you enjoyed it you said you heard it and you liked Mm -hmm, it so thank you very much yes let's say it gets an official critic recommendation by (laughs) kyle um in terms of what i want to recommend i'll uh, i'll shoehorn this in quickly my hero academia season five really enjoying it so far it's only a few episodes in but uh I, I had some issues with season four whilst I still enjoyed it. It focused a lot on Deku and it kind of sidelined its, its larger cast. And this first arc in season five is really embracing the larger cast. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, in terms of my recommendation though, did I recommend a documentary called Sea Spill yes. Sea before? Yeah, I'll last yeah, episode.
2: Last one. Yes.
1: Okay. I, I, well, I was going to recommend that. <laughs> well, recommend <laughs> it again. I'll re-recommend it. Watch it. It's really interesting and really fucked up and uh, definitely worth a watch uh so yeah that's my re-recommendation all right
0: i'll allow it kyle you <laughs> don't get a re-recommendation i only get allow one of those per episode what do you want to shout <sighs> out of where we can find you
2: <laughs> uh i am at like the road uh on twitter and everywhere else as for recommendations um pfft. It is not anime media at all, it's but fine. I feel like I've already recommended Nagatoro before. Watch Queen's Gambit on Netflix. It is a very interesting character study about a chess prodigy and, uh, yeah, less I say the better.
0: Yeah, I got, I got interested in Queen's, I haven't watched it yet, but I watched like some amateurs chess, uh, a week or so ago with commentary. I'm just like, damn,
2: oh, chess, God, yeah, chess cool. is a whole <laughs> yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It, I, actually, watching it makes me want to watch uh, what, what is the? I think it's the Shogi uh, Sangatsu no Lion. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, I I need to check that out because it's I so like good. character drama mixed in with very high level yeah. like mental games.
0: Yeah, Sangatsu no Lion was the last uh, Shaft show until this season. In fact, They're Pretty really? Boys Detective no, that's Club. Been a, that's hot,
2: been a. It's been a hot a minute. Day.
0: Yeah, I'm like, whoa, Shaft is doing another show. Damn. Yeah, *Sangatsu and the Lion is phenomenal. Uh so yes, you can find me at Musing Mojak, M A S I N G M O J A C K on Goomba Stomp on Twitter. Uh we will be putting out our seasonal guide of anime shortly for Goomba Stomp, so look out for that. I am plugging away on my Monster Hunter Rise review as well. This is a gargantuan game. It's been a very tough review to cool. write, but it will be going. Give us a, give
1: us a teaser. Do you like it? Oh, it's it?
0: fantastic. I love it, yeah. You can you oh, okay. can see so me like, loving like, it on teaser? my Twitch channel, also at Musing MoJack. Uh huh while I play it on there. Uh every Monday and Friday streaming uh Gorilla streams other nice. other day as well. I'm probably I'm I'm gonna be ordering a drawing tablet soon, in fact. And I'm nice. going to uh make an honest effort to get into digital art. And so I'll probably Hell add yeah. in a, a Wednesday art stream to my schedule as well of just me learning how to fuck to draw anything. It'll be fun.
1: Fabulous awesome. Yeah. yeah so
0: come tune into that watch me flounder around give some tips i'll welcome any tips whatsoever as well and my shout out will be i have one planned and i forgot it so i'm just gonna go with my backup one which is the world ends with you animation uh i watched Ooh. the first episode of it i was losing my shit watching it because it was oh it is such a faithful adaptation of the story just in the visuals and the poses and just a lot of the little nods and easter eggs However, (laughs) um, I'm not sure how people who haven't played the game will take it because boy was that first episode going at a mile per minute and I get it because the part that they were going through, like thinking back on it, it was mainly tutorial. There wasn't a whole lot of story that actually happened. And so in the game, it doesn't feel like it's going that fast because you're playing the game, but in anime format where it's just story, it feels like there wasn't a whole lot. You have
2: to hash out the rules of everything.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how the second episode onward goes, but I'm going to shout out regardless because I love Tui to Bits, my favorite DS game of all time, hands down. Can't wait for the new game coming out in July. So yeah, check it out. That'll be a wrap. Ooh. So thanks for, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Ciao.
3: ここにいないいないいない